And we are back on Backseat Carpool Banter. I'm your host, Sam Kruchikov, coming to you live from sunny South Florida. In today's special episode, I'm joined by my co-host, Jonathan Silber, as always, and very special guest, Naveen Hetiarachi. He's a health, wellness, and performance expert who has had experience as the director of health for the Washington Wizards, as well as other professional sports teams. Make sure to stick around to listen to Naveen's stories and our great conversations. You don't want to miss this. Welcome to Backseat Carpool Banter. Pleasure having you on the show, Naveen. It's really exciting to be able to get a different perspective on sports. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me. I listened to a few of your episodes and they are exciting, brilliant. I love you guys' energy. So I'm, it's all my pleasure. Yeah, so, so let's get right into it. Uh, well, you, you used to work for the Washington Wizards. You just resigned after the bubble. Go into how it was working for an NBA team for 17 years and the experiences you learned, maybe some of the connections that you made that, you know, you still keep in touch with. So my journey really started with the uh, former Washington Redskins, now the Washington mm-hmm. football team. Um, I worked there for almost two and a half years, two years um, as an intern, as part-time with the coach mm-hmm. for your staff. And then... Um, I started with the Washington Wizards in 2003, and um, I worked for the organization for 17 years, that including about nine years with the WNBA as well. So I did, uh, mm-hmm. at one point, I did uh, summertime, did the Washington Mystics, and the wintertime, I did the Washington Wizards. So um, it was a great journey, 17 years with one organization. Really, uh, what was best about it is really... Um, doing the, the medical side, literally the whole medical mm-hmm. side that included uh, preventative care, uh, performance, rehab. Um, so the whole structure, you know, people are very much a silo, either they work on strength and conditioning or performance mm-hmm. or sports medicine. Um, I got to, with my education, with my background, I was able to not only oversee it, but be the focal point of uh, all three of them. That's really interesting. And can you talk a little bit about your education and your background, just so everyone knows, because you're a very, very well educated man. So uh, my education is uh, I have a um, sports medicine degree, um, undergrad and grad school, but mm-hmm. that's where it, it really started. You know, it's you know, it's it's not about what we learned in college. Um, Sam, you're about to go to um, osteopathic school. It's mm-hmm. not about finishing the colleges. Okay, now what do you do, right? So I got out of college. I felt like I knew everything. And then it was so many questions, so many holes. So mm-hmm. what I did is that I made a point every year. I told myself, I'm going to go to school for another month every year. So I made a okay. point to go and sit in a class and have a seminar somewhere in the world. It could be a, a month in Australia. It could be two weeks in Thailand. Uh, one week in India or Belgium or Ireland or wherever I've been and been after the osteopathic gurus, functional mm-hmm. medicine expert, physical therapist who write the books, right? So I literally got the information from the the best of the best. Wow. And that's my secret sauce where 
I didn't I didn't go after the third person who read that book. I went for the source. I planted myself in their clinic. I dove mm-hmm. deep in and learned it from them. So where you, you mentioned you, you went all over the globe trying to find different, you know, certain aspects of medicine, but where's the place you learned the, the most helpful things or the most influential things to your practice of medicine specifically? Jonathan, I think it's just not one place. It's literally, so even in, even now, I, you know, as uh, before last year, like when I traveled to like Portland, I would find a mm-hmm. clinic, I would go and get, I, I would pay and get a session from a physical therapist. Or in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. I would go and get up at six o'clock in the morning, go pay a personal trainer and get a session or go somewhere else, get a, you know, mm-hmm. when me in Vegas, go to a chiropractor and get a session. So what it made me do that, be a patient, learn from them because everyone is very different. And when I was traveling, I did the same thing. I literally went after the guys that wrote the books, guys mm-hmm. that have been very successful, guys that originate the technique, like they developed the technique and trying to figure out, okay, what make them successful? So I consider um, adding tools in my tool belt. So every year I would add a tool and I would work on that the whole NBA mm-hmm. season. Okay, next summer, add, add another tool. So now I'm not this one one person with a hammer. Everything that I mm-hmm. see, I want to hammer it. I have all these other tools so I could figure out, okay, it's not a nail, it's something else, right? We got we cannot just mm-hmm. use the hammer. So that's kind of like how I evolved. Yeah, and we were looking into the different things that you've listed uh, publicly that you've uh, had experience with. You've incorporated Eastern medicine, like acupuncture. I'm actually curious about that because my father did acupuncture for uh, 25 years um, into your daily practice with, with the uh, wizards and other teams and also other methods like osteopathic medicine. That's what I'm going into. Can you talk about how you incorporated um, those type of medical practices in with the Western medicine uh, with the professional teams? Absolutely. So, you know, those are just, just tools in my toolbox, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's about, you know, sometimes it could go from um, dry needling somebody's calf, then I go adjust their neck, tape their mm-hmm. ankle and teach them how to deadlift, you know, so that could be the sequence of somebody, you know, it's, it's just what that car needs. So I, I consider these athletes that I work with, with the Ferrari. So my job is mm-hmm. to make it run as a Ferrari. So some days, they need air pumped in, in their front tire. So I do air. Mm-hmm. Some days they need oil change. Some days they need a wash. Whatever it needed, and I used it. So I had to go out to the world to figure out and learn. Like talking about um, a trigger point dry needling, like in 2008, Sam, it's like it wasn't even heard of in America, athletes getting dry needled. Mm-hmm. So I went to Ireland um, to learn that. From the guys who kind of de- not developed the guys who kind of perfected it for athletes mm-hmm. so you know stuff like that yeah and you were talking about also working in the nfl and then eventually working in the nba you started with the washington redskins at the time now football team talk about the differences in the injuries that you've seen on the football field to on the basketball court John, the football field, it, the injuries are endless. Literally, um, it's amazing. Like, guys shouldn't be walking back then, right? Like, so now it's just like a little bit of more protector. So what, this is like almost 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very insensitive base. So guys will literally play with torn ligaments. 
Like, so think about a table with leg cut off, how unstable that is to stack it up. But that's how their joint was. They would have a, a torn ligament. They could barely walk, tape it up. They would go out there because that's, that's, that was the mentality. So, you know, those, those were the days that we had two days practice. We were grinding it out and it was just literally warriors going to battle every weekend. Um, basketball and, and, and it was 16 games, right? So every yep. game was a playoff game. Every game was so exciting, so interesting. Basketball, we had 82 games. And when it comes to finances, you know, the, the contracts are guaranteed. You know, so now the guys are looking at a different lenses where, okay, my contract is guaranteed. Now my job is to maybe play three years, four years, 10 years more where football was like, look, my nothing is guaranteed except this weekend. I got to play and make the money. So I'll say that's the biggest thing that came to about where how people would play through stuff when it comes to injuries. Yeah, I mean, one of the most injury prone plays was the kickoff in the NFL Prior to them changing the rule, uh, instead of running while the kicker is is kicking the ball, they run as he kicks it. So they, they don't get that head start and there's not much, you know, contact on the hit. They also extended it five yards. What is your experience with the kickoff injuries? Because that play is, is kind of crazy when it comes to how often somebody used to get injured. And can you shed light on, on why that kind of is? Um. One of my favorite kickoff uh, memories was uh, Thanksgiving Day. Uh, we were in mm-hmm. Dallas, and I remember um, a kickoff. The the kicker's nose was like literally shoved up 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 in there. Like oh, literally, he didn't uh, have a nose. It was crazy. So that's my fa- one of my favorite kickoff. Um, I think you know kickoff is just somebody just standing standing out then you just get to go and hit them and plow them you know like yeah. <laughs> a defenseless person literally mm-hmm. you know so i think that that's how much some, something might have to do with it honestly i really don't know um it's almost like you could literally target somebody they're standing there you see them bam attack it where mm-hmm. in a regular play you might be able to avoid the contact so it might be something to do with it to be honest with you i don't know what's the reason of it but that's mm-hmm. what i'm thinking yeah, they were really like a sitting duck just waiting to get hit. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. But and they're the, coming at 100% too. Oh, yeah. And you mentioned then the difference. NBA, it's a much longer season. So are players more willing to hear you say, okay, maybe take a week off uh, to recover? Whereas in the NFL, one week, that could be the difference between if you make the playoffs or not. Absolutely. So NBA, I don't know. So it's, it's a tough battle, right? Mm-hmm. You want to take care of um, the player, player's longevity. At the same time, if they're not on the court, right, then you, that's, it's wins and losses, then the management, the mm-hmm. ownership. So it's, it's really a, a fine line of like the athlete is getting paid to play, mm-hmm. right? If they, so why would the owners keep on playing the athlete if they're not playing? Mm-hmm. At the same time, you want to make sure, right, is, is he ready to play? Can he play? What, what's the best way to meet in the middle? Mm-hmm. So that's, I would say, one of the toughest things to figure out where owners want them to play all the time. That's one side, and the management is one side, right? Play, 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 no matter what, because we're paying you $40 million. On the other side, the athlete's like, I want to play this year, next year, 10 years from now, mm-hmm. and I want to play with my grandkids. Yeah, so... Saving it. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned that 
some of these players, the management gets involved in, in the decisions. They're like breathing down your neck almost that, all right, he's been out too long. He should be ready, blah, blah. But there's certain players on certain teams like Kawhi Leonard, for example, who, you know, coined the term load management where you, you rest a game or two now and then and you, you're preparing for the bigger picture. You're playing for a playoff win, not a, a regular season seed. What are your thoughts on load management and how the, it, it's affected the players? I think it's such a great word, load management. It's just being mm -hmm. smart, right? It just you are being smart. You're understanding that one particular player is it like you mentioned, quiet or somebody else. Mm -hmm. How is it that person, like what's the best way to keep that person playing in playoff games and winning playoff game? Like, like you just said, Jonathan, that's where the owner's going to make money. That's where the championships games mm -hmm. are won in playoffs. So how can we get to playoffs with the, having the athlete, first of all, super healthy, but at the same time, you want to make sure the athlete got to the playoff well adapted. We don't want to yep. get to the playoff mm -hmm. where they are not, quote-unquote, breaking in their shoe, right? We mm -hmm. want to get to the playoff like their, their tissue, their cardiovascular, their strength, their mindset, everything's at 150%. So the regular season is a good way to kind of fine-tune everything, mm -hmm. balance out everything iron out everything and get to playoffs at the, at the best way you can. So it just, it's an art. I don't think that's a perfect way to do it. I think it's very individualized and I think it's, it changes from year to year based on, based on the guy's uh, injuries, based on mm -hmm. the guy's history, based on the schedule, right? Every year the schedule changes. So now all of a sudden the load management changed automatically because this year, January month is different from last, last year's January mm -hmm. month. Yeah, and I'm really glad that you said that how a lot of medicine in general, but sports medicine specifically is very specific to the player, their history with injuries, and also maybe their value to the team as well. The star player might get a little bit of a different treatment than a role player would because they know that those are the guys that need to stay out there for the playoffs comes. Uh, but you talked about uh, the four pillars that you uh, emphasize so much. And one of those is mindset, like you mentioned earlier. So can you talk about how those work together, how physical condition affects mindset and vice versa, how mindset affects physical condition? Yep, absolutely. So um, to talk about my four pillars, uh, four pillars are sleep, uh, nutrition, mindfulness, uh, which is, you know, you, you mentioned that mindset and then correct movement. So those mm -hmm. are the four pillars, fundamental pillars that we need as a human being, that we need as a, a, a football player or NBA player, mm. we cannot, we can have that off. That's just like having a table and not having a leg at full length or at mm. 75%, right? So if you're not sleeping properly, if you have 75%, that means that leg is 75%. Now you can stack on top of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so those are the four pillars. And one of the one, I don't want to say one of the most important, but one of the important ones is, is mindset, mindfulness, um, to kind of answer your question in an easy way, this is my, one of my favorite things, um, Sam, is that, you know, guys, they go to practice, they could shoot 100 free throws in a row without a problem. Mm -hmm. But they go to the game, all of a sudden, they can make five free throws in a row. It's not that they forgot their technique. It's that they're not mindful. They're not, you could call it concentrated, or you could call it being present, being at the moment. They're thinking about, 
the shot that they missed or what the coach said or the last play, or they're thinking about the clock, what's happening next when the time aren't coming, the mm. halftime. So they're not here and that's what they can make it. They're not concentrating. So to answer your question, say if somebody get hurt, somebody's coming off an ACL, say mm -hmm. if they are 80% healthy, okay? And they're 80% healthy, if they're, but if their mind, if they're dialed in mental health, it's 110%, they could compensate the 80%. Compared to an athlete who comes in, they're 100% healthy, mm -hmm. okay? But their mind is only at 80%, where 80% is that they're worried, they're not sleeping, they don't mm -hmm. trust their leg, they're scared. That player is the one who's gonna get hurt, even though they're 100% healthy. So that's where their mindfulness, the mind comes into play, you know? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. They're not trusting it. If they don't trust it, most likely they didn't believe in their leg. That means they most likely didn't watch some film. Like everything kind of adds up. You could take a look at it and mm -hmm. see, okay, this kid got five holes because they don't trust their leg. He's taking other sources out. Maybe he didn't eat well that day. He didn't um, sleep well that day. He didn't watch film that day. So all of a sudden you could see holes. Whereas somebody's only 80% healthy, but now he, he's dialed in on art. He got the sleep, he mm -hmm. got the recovery, he ate raw, right? He did all the correctives. He's good to go. Like that 80% of mm -hmm. healing doesn't even gonna matter. Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious as to, you're saying somebody's 80% healed. How, how do you track their percentage or, or how far along they are uh, to being at their 100% or you know, when they're ready to get back on the NBA court, because you're saying if somebody's 80% healthy, maybe it's an ankle injury. You, you kind of get the mindset of landing on the other ankle a little bit or compensating in different ways. How, how do you go about that? So the great thing about now is that now preseason, we got, we get all the data, all the metrics. So mm -hmm. now we have a baseline or oh, especially a kid that been with, uh, with the team for a while, you have all these metrics. So that ankle, we know when it's at 100%, how it functions, how it's, how it's loading, how it's unloading, what's the ankle range of motion. We know the toe range of motion. We know the neck range of motion. We literally know everything about that kid. We know his max speed, deceleration. So then when he's out there and practicing or, or playing one-on-one -on -one or just shooting, we get to see, all right, his normal ankle range of motion is say 10 degrees of dosiflexion. Now he's at mm -hmm. eight degrees. So now it, that's 80%, he's good at 80%. So that's kind of like, we could kind of give it a good um, objective data and, and mm. numbers now because of all this technology. That's great. And uh, I mean, that, that, that's a new insight. I think that not a lot of people know that when people say, oh, he's 80% back, that's not just a number being thrown out there. That's literally calculated to the dot of, uh, like you said, range of motion or all the other things, strength, well, how much he's able to lift, for example, if it's a muscle injury, not a bone injury. Um, that, that's incredible. Uh, so let's now transition into some specific stories. You've dealt with a lot of players uh, from the Wizards, uh, from formerly the Redskins, now the football team. Um, and a lot of those players have been heavily injured. I think the most prominent one in my mind is John Wall. He was out for several seasons and you were working with him very closely. You talk about not just 
the um, injury medical side, but also the the personal relationship you were able to build with with him first. Um, John, I mean, I remember working with John probably first time in a Jordan All-American game. Um, uh-huh. So probably 11 years ago, I think. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know, right? So something, because I think this is John, this would have been John's 10th or 11th year with the Wizards. Yeah, like around 2010. Right? Yeah. So yeah. I started there, you know, and um, just a great human being. Like that's where when you work with them every single day that you get mm-hmm. to see um how great uh how great they are um how tough they are like i always tell john that um no matter what if he works out or not works out i always tell john that he could literally get out of the bed not working out for three months and give us a triple double like that's how (laughs) talented he is and that's how much he loves playing basketball he loves basketball he could tell you everything about every high school kid, every WNBA player, every college, every junior high, every history, all of his games. Like he's a, a psychopedia of, of basketball. <laughs> like he knows everything. So that's incredible. So when he asked me about John, that's kind of like what's uh, what comes to my mind, like how knowledge he, how knowledgeable he is about the game and how much he loves and how much you know, you mentioned it, Sam, how much he um, pushed through pain and played the yeah. game of basketball mm-hmm. because of his love. Like, that's just, that's just incredible. Yeah. So would you say that's more of the mindfulness being at 110% where the body wasn't quite trying to relate the two? Absolutely. That's mm-hmm. just being mindset of like, look, I'm going to go through this wall because I love doing this. Like, I could barely walk across the street, but I'm going to play a game and I'm going to give you a triple double and yeah. I'm going to have fun. You know, Student so of the game. Yeah. It's just another game, right? So that's um I, I listened to one of your previous episodes and they're just saying that we always have special special powers, special skills. You know, you hear stories mm-hmm. about uh mom and a little kid go down, go driving down and, and the SUV flips over and, and the baby's inside, the mom is out, but somehow the mom got the strength just to move the SUV just enough mm-hmm. to get the baby out, right? Or you hear stories that um 80 year old guy just just walking around all of a sudden a bear or dog attack and he's just jump over six foot fence like Mm -hmm. how's that even possible (laughs) but because we have those super super power skills and you could see like john and them you know these guys just dial it in to like the next level and that's what their next level players you could see that you know um one of your podcasts mentioned about tom brady like they have this uh lawrence taylor's right like the Mm -hmm. next level next level um superpowers yeah so talking about john wall a little bit more he was suffering a few really really serious injuries uh throughout his time in in washington can you talk light on the the recovery process and how you were able to help him come back eventually to play but on on a different team in houston now uh kind of the road back to the game um you know, everyone's uh, everyone's road back is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, just like is in in our in, in our life, you know, right? We got our own journey to get back. Um, so one of my coworkers, uh, Jesse Phillips, he he literally kind of embedded himself with John and just like day to day took care of him. So um, Jesse had to do the tough tough part of uh, taking care of John. That that's I mean it's inspiring stories, and I want to go back a little bit. Uh, to what you said about how there's people that can perform these incredible feats 
when they get their mind in the right direction. Like, for example, you said with an 80-year-old man jumping over a six-foot fence when his life is threatened. Um, do you think that everyone has this next level that they can get to? They just haven't unlocked it yet? Absolutely. Not only athletes, but us, right? So mm -hmm. um, you could kind of call it a flow state. Like you'll, you'll see John, uh, Jonathan, right? When, you, when you're reading something about uh, communication or English in media and writing, you're in a flow. You're like you could go, but maybe like you're trying to learn Sri Lankan, Sinhalese, it's, it's, it doesn't flow, right? So you're <laughs> yep. not in a flow state. When you're in a flow state and that's who you are and that's your purpose in life and that's your Dharma, it's, it's next level. Like all, all of a sudden, all the doors are opening. You don't, mm -hmm. there's no, you know, red lights, you're driving through, right? So that's just like being spiritually in, 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 in purposefully, you're connected. Like it just, it's just a flow state. So yes, we have all these mm -hmm. amazing talents. We just got to connect to that. And when you connect it to that, it's just like super easy. Yeah. Is there like, is there like a moment where you realize that, you know, you, you're going to that next level, you're enhancing your abilities as a human, just because of the mindset that you're able to think outside of the box, which is what you would normally think as and access like a, a different kind of formula, a different kind of way of life, in a sense, is there like a, a eureka moment, in a sense? I love that. Uh, I love that you said outside the box. So yesterday, um, I was talking to a patient and I asked the patient, how do you wash your glass, right? Drinking glass. Do you wash inside first or outside first? Mm. And she's like, hmm, I haven't thought about it. Well, the best way to wash it is you wash the inside, then you wash the outside. So that's the best way to clean it, right? If you wash outside, then you can't wash inside. You're kind of putting the dirt from outside to inside, right? <laughs> so same thing for human beings. We kind of take care of ourselves and that eureka moment comes automatically. So everything is within us you don't even have to go and reach everybody when we come into a flow state within us when we know that like look it's who i am it's what i want to do like going to practice you know people call it a grind going to practice become fun and something they want to do and enjoy mm -hmm. like like sam like i never had a job with the washington Wizards or washington redskins for the last 20 years like because that was like my temper like i went there to have fun <laughs> to enjoy to learn and mm -hmm. I was the mechanic for the cars. I went there to the mechanic shop to fix it. And it was just like playing with toys, right? Because that was who I am. That's my purpose. That's my mm -hmm. Dharma. And it came so easy to me. It's like, like we talked about Jonathan learning uh, communication or English writing. It's like Jonathan could write books and books and books. And he doesn't understand why Sam can't write books. So I'm like, <laughs> Sam, this is easy. Like, right? Like mm -hmm. I could do this in my bathroom. And, and Sam's like, wow, like, See, like all of us got this special talent, special mm -hmm. skill, right? When that, when that when that happens, it's high on life all day, every day. It's not work. Like you could literally do it, eyes open, eyes closed all day. So for you, both of you young kids, like that's when you know, like I am aligned and I'm, I'm purposeful and it's so easy. Like I go to work, every, I went to work every day with the Wizards and I, I tell all the players, like you could ask them like, man, I don't even know why I'm getting paid. Like, it's just a bonus that I come to work and I, they pay me, right? Because I'm like playing with Legos. Like, it's so much fun. So for both of you who's in college, like like when you go to osteopathic school or, or when you start writing or when you're doing your communication skills, like 
when it's easy when it's stress-free mm-hmm. like you know like let's go like that's that's what you need to be doing at and when you really have a passion for something it, sure it gets challenging down the line obviously with school um there, there's i'm sure been a lot of challenges in your work but it's it's fun it's a challenge that you're trying to solve not so much a roadblock to where you want to be absolutely right. it's, a, it's, a, it's a jigsaw puzzle right it's mm-hmm. so much fun to do sometimes you get stuck you just leave it go for a walk come back and you put the puzzle together because it's easy you mm. know yeah and there was something that you mentioned that was really really fun uh, a thought experiment if you will uh, so we've seen we, we look up to these athletes as superhuman right we see the feats that they're able to do we look at that and say i can't do that right i can't jump from the free throw line and dunk the ball i can't do these things and a lot of people also get that feeling i don't know if you're into the superhero movies uh but a lot of people watch that to get that same kind of feeling but talk about how regular people that don't train for hours upon hours every day that didn't make it their living can also get that kind of experience of performing at the the highest level in whatever it might be. Like you said, it could be in medicine, it could be in writing, it could be in business, what, whatever it is, just what mindset do you have to get to, to perform at a near superhuman level? Uh, to perform at a near superhuman level is, is finding out the guy who would jump from the free throw line. That was his, this dominant purpose in life, right? That, mm-hmm. that was his good at. Okay. Now, find your superhuman thing. Okay, what is it, right? For Sam, is it is it having osteopathic surgery? Is it a knee replacement that you're really good at? Finding mm-hmm. that, that special thing that you resonate that comes really easy to you. At the same time, you're so curious, right? For me, it was about learning. That means I'm going to go to Australia and stay a month. That means I'm going to go to India, eat whatever, stay there, dive in and learn because that's what I want to do. So when you find your, the purpose, I don't want to say it's purpose is such a bad word. I want to say when you, that, 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 that light up to your inner heart, right? You're like, mm-hmm. wow, I'm curious. I want to learn more. I want to help more. So I'm keep coming back to helping because uh, Sam and Jonathan, like, I feel like that the way that we pay rent to, to walking in this ground and breathing this air is by helping people, right? Mm-hmm. That's the purpose in life. That's, we are, we are here to help each other. Like, so I just came back from a Tanzania and Zanzibar and we saw Tanzania that Maasai people, right? They live in, in, in the jungle with three things, pretty much um, dirt, tree sticks and cow's skin in their house, yep. right? Mm-hmm. What they're really passionate about was helping each other and supporting each other. So wow. our purpose in life, at least that's what I, in my humble opinion, I feel like that our purpose in life is to help each other and empowering each other so when you find that maybe you could call it your niche your purpose it's just so much easier because you're gonna like going back to like you're gonna feel so much high in life that you're like mm-hmm. oh my god this is fun this is exciting i am getting paid because when you align all of a sudden money comes to you because you're helping so many people like don't even go after the money right money is secondary mm-hmm. do the thing that you want to do really good write the writing really good the money is going to come to you because you're so aligned in your purpose you're helping so many people everything else is just incredibly magical yeah i mean what you do is literally 
helping other people. You're helping other people come back from injuries. You're helping them get their mindset right so that they can recover a certain way or recover in, in a certain time table. You, you've worked with the NBA. You've worked with the WNBA as well. I wanted you to shed light a little bit on, on the differences between male and female sports-related injuries. And if, if you've dealt with a pregnancy in, in women's sports and female sports, how do you recover from a pregnancy and get back to the, the, NBA, uh, the WNBA, for example, and, you know, the road back to playing at the highest level? Um, so great question, by the way. Uh, WNBA um, probably got done working what, there about, about eight years ago. So prior to that, I worked there for like 10 years, nine, 10 years. Okay. Um, WNBA players literally play all year round. And they are in, you know, Turkey, Israel, Belgium. And then as soon as they get done, they come here and literally go into a training camp. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them like no time off, three days off, four days off. When they get done here, they go back again. Uh -huh. So they are constantly playing. You're talking about load management. There's no load management because when they come here, they're the star player. When they go to the other country, they're the like star, star player in that team, mm -hmm. you know? So they had to play. People came to see them all the time. And um, just by hearing from the, the young ladies that the healthcare is not the best in other countries. Uh, obviously, maybe maybe it's a basketball thing. It's a professional sports thing, but it was some best. So when they came here, they were pretty much um, overworked and kind of a lot of injuries. So that's something that I saw a lot where mm -hmm. men, you know, we provided them the highest level of healthcare unlimited budget, whatever, second opinion, third opinion, and they had the summons off to recover, right? And they flew private, we had WNBA fly, I mean, um, commercial. So that's that's a huge thing right there, uh, convenience. Um, then about pregnancy, I'm, I'm very excited, actually. I got to work with two um, uh, WNBA players coming back from pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, I really got to work a lot with uh, Taylor Hill and... Um, Tiana Hawkins. Um, so it was really cool experience. Um, I was kind of able to do that really well because of my clinical background, you know, uh, mm -hmm. before all this, I was in the clinic. So I was able to um, use, utilize that and uh, help these both of them come back to playing basketball after giving birth. Yeah. And that was, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's what we talk about those bigger than sports moments, right? Because th this is a player recovering. She wants to get back out onto the court, but she also is taking care of her child. And there's a lot of health and medical things that get in involved in that process as well. She wants to be back at peak condition. She just spent nine months carrying uh, a baby and now needs to get back into peak physical condition to perform at that highest level. So can you talk about that transition also mentally on that side of okay well you just went through this this process you now you need to get your head back on basketball and not on what, what just happened um i hope uh taylor is okay me telling <laughs> i feel like taylor could have played basketball like within eight to ten weeks wow. like she was a beast i mean um you know sam you just said it, it it's you know a lot mentally Right, like she was driven. She want to get into the court. She mm -hmm. want to do stuff. Like, like that was incredible to see. Like how well she recovered. Like how much of a, a beast she was. I think that was just like more like 
wow to see than you know watching a guy jump from the free throw line <laughs> yeah i mean those are some of the most inspiring stories as well i the, the road to recovery not only from like injury but like the the miracle of, of birth it's it's incredible we want to hear some more inspiring recovery stories from from injuries that you've had to deal with and and helping people recover from them uh any what's the most inspiring recovery story that you know you've been a part of um i'll say let's uh let's uh, keep it in wmba um uh wmba let's let's go to uh, elena beard you know she um she had a couple of surgeries she missed a couple of seasons you know everybody said no to her as in you know um everybody wrote her off but end up um mm -hmm. you know retiring winning i think uh two defensive uh play of the year like that's i think mm -hmm. that's all i gotta say and i think she won maybe <laughs> two championships or one championship i cannot remember with the uh, spark so i would say that's that it's one of the greatest stories um not only as the athlete but as the human being that you know it's it's magical to see you know like you said jonathan like um we see them as uh all this wow amazing athlete like say elena beard you know all american athlete of the year in college basketball wow but just seeing them um when a doctor say no but she coming back and winning defensive play of the year where mm -hmm. that's like all all you right like it's, it's nothing by you like mm -hmm. you made that happen so i think that's mm -hmm. a very inspiration uh, inspirational story um i think that probably one of my favorite wow See, now this is a player and a team that you, you used to be involved with, but this happened more recently um, with Alex Smith coming back to play for the Washington football team. Uh, his leg was pretty much in jeopardy. Uh, he was not even supposed to be able to walk again, and now he's leading this team to the playoffs. Uh, is there like some parallels there that you see with, with this recovery story, this comeback player uh, kind of storyline? Uh, that, that you experienced with the WNBA, like you talked about? Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know much about Alex Smith's injury, but I kind of, you know, seen bits of pieces and, and he mm -hmm. dealt a, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like it's just so inspiring, inspirational to see mm -hmm. they doing it because the, if they can do it, they're kind of paving the path for us, right? So we see, we're always talking about that Roger Bannister, People told him that people told no one's going to run the mile under four minutes. It's just, it's a laughable, right? But Roger Bannister ran that mile under four minutes. Now high school kids are running it, right? Like it's nothing mm. for a high school kid to run a four, four minute mile. Like, yes, it's something special, but like people paved the path. Like Alex Smith, Elena Beards, you know, Taylor Hill, John Walls, like these guys are paving the path for us to showing mm -hmm. that just like that grandfather just jumped, you know, he's 90 years old, 80 years old, jumping that six foot fence or that mom moving the car. Like we have so much superhuman powers. Like you could do it. Like, like you could literally do it. You know, there's no reason mm -hmm. for us not to do it. It's just, it just, the life is made for us to be successful. It's like, it's foolproof. So mm -hmm. let's do it. Let's give it our best. Yeah. And, and you know, this, this might be a little, off topic, but I was kind of interested in this coming from a medical perspective, prosthetics in sports. What do you, what do you think about 
the new innovations in, in that kind of market of medicine and with the AI and, and all of these different things. What do you think about that? I, I know it, it might be putting you on the spot, but um, just kind of shed light on what your opinion is about the advancements of the technology. Um, so I don't know, first of all, I don't know much about prosthetics mm -hmm. because it's something okay. that I really don't uh, deal with. Um, when it comes to AI, maybe like you could utilize that as, um, as predictors. You know, mm -hmm. you could look at, you know, like say if I do functional labs, right? Say if I have mm -hmm. data for the last five years of this person, maybe that might show me more data or it might be able to break it down and say, okay, from January to February, this guy has um, a glucose, high glucose level of 110 every day, right? Mm -hmm. So AI might be able to kind of like put a red light where I might not see it. You know, so that's mm -hmm. where I kind of like the AI when it comes to like, maybe it's like a little assistant, maybe something to like hit a bell and say, oh, double take a look at this. Like, right. So uh, yes, that's definitely a point, you know, definitely a purpose of it. Mm -hmm. uh, Have you had any experience with that personally, or this is just theoretical? Uh, have I? I mean, when it comes to, so the example that I just gave you is just mm -hmm. pretty much uh, like a standard thing. You know, okay. um, so I was just kind of trying to answer Jonathan's uh, question about AI, like um, even with the uh, data analytics. So it just kind of, they just predicted like, okay, if this person play a uh, 40 minute, 10 game, 10 games in previous three years, the 11th game, he have an ankle sprain because 40 minutes is his cap. Mm -hmm. So AI would be able to kind of say, okay, if you play only 38 minutes, 10 games, 11th game, he's able to survive through. Or something mm. like that, you know. So those are the the helpful stuff. Yeah, I, what interested me about artificial intelligence is kind of the li unlimited possibilities. That there's limitless things that we don't even know it's useful for yet. There's always advancements in medicine. We've seen that throughout the years, and it kind of just trying to wrap your head around what the next stage of medicine is that's coming with the the new technology wave how AI can help advance and enhance medicine in a certain way to help, you know, we, we might see the fastest recoveries in, in, in history in the next, I don't know how many years, but due, due to AI's lim limitless possibilities. Absolutely. I mean, because, so now I use AI, um, like do a stool test, right? So to do a stool mm -hmm. test or urine test, that just predicts me, gives me a prediction of, like this athlete, or he's sensitive to um, Brussels sprouts, right? Say, or spinach, like mm -hmm. people think food, every food is good for everybody, but not, not. So doing these tests through like a stool test and then letting the, the AI do the um, algorithms and figure out, okay, based on what they have, be, right? Based on their gut, they mm -hmm. are not, they are very sensitive. They could have a reaction for spinach or cheese or walnuts so now i know that the night before the game it might not be the night that he want to be eating the spinach the walnut or whatever mm. right because he might not feel it maybe that's going to disrupt his uh, REM sleep by five percent right or okay. that might uh give him one percent extra inflammation on his knee that he doesn't even feel it but now he's minus six percent in a in a in a hundred meter race minus 0 0.6 seconds is 
eighth mm-hmm. place, right? So right. like every little thing matter when it's when it's at like at that level, and yeah. it, it matters. Sorry, it matters for us too. It's it could be the same person. It could be Jonathan or Sam mm-hmm. that eating that the spinach or whatever that's not good for your gut. Going to the work day in and day out. Now our immune system's weaker. Mm-hmm. Now we are not writing well, or now you're not being a good osteopathic. Now that leads into depression, obesity, right? Now you start eating your Starbucks or your Dunkin' Donuts to kind of keep up with it. Like mm-hmm. now you're stacking problems upon problems because it just really started from the gut. And to answer your question, Jonathan, you could have solved that issue by using AI technology to, to look at our um, stool, which we are doing. So yes, like I love AI, I guess. That, that's great. And you mentioned that in medicine, it's not even like you feel it right away, right? So you might have 1% inflammation, you don't feel it. It's not giving you symptoms, but it's affecting your performance down the line and whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, So going into the current focus in medicine, seems like the whole world is focused on this. It's the COVID response. I know you had experience in the bubble. We'd love to hear a, a few stories about that. And then what people like us can do to stay healthy stay active when we're also keeping social distancing and being safe. So two questions kind of in one there. So let's, uh, let's go to us, right? Let's Mm -hmm. go to what we can take care of ourselves because the world could be on fire. If we don't take care of ourselves, it doesn't matter. Right? So it's about Mm -hmm. instead of really depending on pharmaceuticals or doctors, I tell us how can we take care of our health? How can we be the CEO of our health? Okay. Okay. Um, so we are going back to the thumbprint. All of us got a different thumbprint. You, Jonathan, Sam, and me, we got three different thumbprints. Now let's see what, what you need. Okay. Now let's, let's go back to the four pillars, sleep, nutrition, mindfulness, and correct moments in, in, in quickly to answer your question, uh, Sam, like, okay, sleep. Are you getting your deep sleep? Your REM sleep, right? Quality sleep. Mm-hmm. If you don't have your quality sleep, then it's that table with that one leg cut off we can't stack on top of it. If you don't have your sleep, then all of a sudden we're not eating properly. So we, in eating, we want to make sure, are you eating the food that's good for your gut? Is, mm-hmm. Are you eating food that's uh, proper for your DNA, proper for your blood type, proper for you? So that's no perfect mm-hmm. diet. That's only one diet that's customized to you. So are you doing that? Are you getting good quality nutrition? Then number three is, are you being mindful? Are you... Or are you in the rewind button or fast forward button or you're being present, right? If you're on the mm. rewind button, fast forward button, you're not living, you're skating, you are not, you are not thriving, you are worrying. So we want to make sure that we take care of that. Then the last thing is um, fundamental moments, the correct moments, right? Are you able to do the basic moments as touch your toes? Can you squat? Can you breathe like a normal human beings? Are you mm-hmm. swimming both arms when you're walking? Are you getting your normal walks? Right nowadays, you could say when basketball players, they get done practice, they walk to the car, get in the car, go to the house, sit in the house. Right, that's it. Now all of a sudden, next day we talked about that. Like you don't even feel the inflammation, but you're inflamed because you never got the inflammation out of you. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. you're tight and restricted. So let's take care of our basic things, and that will keep us. 99.99999% healthy. And that is the best pill that we could have, right? That's going to mm-hmm. prevent us from 
anything outside getting into us. If, if what we have is super locked down and super healthy, even we get something from outside, we don't even feel it because it's mm-hmm. able to kill it and get it out. So that's what I see from people who are always healthy because they're dialed in on these four pillars um, and they don't have diseases. They don't have, they don't get sickness. You know, mm-hmm. they're functioning at the highest level. They are happy, healthy human beings. So that's what I, I predict, I mean, um, preach. That's what I believe. And mm-hmm. that's what I, when, when people do that, and I, that's when I see them at like, oh, wow, if you get injured, your recovery time is 1,000% easier than mm-hmm. when they get the person who doesn't have those four dollars in, they, their recovery is that much longer, that much troublesome, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's... Uh, the uh, answer to your second question. The first question is um, bubble. Man, bubble was uh, excited. It was exciting, and I'm so glad I went. He was a. Uh, we were there only for about 37 days, mm-hmm. and um, it was a lot of fun. It was a, a learning experience for me. I don't know how our teams like uh, LA did it for like 90 to 190 mm-hmm. some days. I think mm-hmm. that would have been been a bit challenging. Uh, personally for me, because of my, my food, right. I'm very particular in food. Like we didn't have mm-hmm. those choices. So it was a bit, bit challenging, but other than that, it was, it was a lot of fun. I got to spend a lot of time with, you know, our general manager, the head coach, all the players, the coaching staff, mm-hmm. uh, because the players didn't have to go anywhere. They didn't have to rush after their wife or kids or anything. So every lunch was like two hours long. We sit <laughs> there and chat. Every treatment session was that much longer because we got to bond and learn. And um, that was like right before I was saying goodbye. And, you know, I know my I was leaving with the visit. So that mm-hmm. month was like my goodbye month. So I got to tell, you know, all my friends with the other teams goodbye, you know, mm-hmm. guys from Boston or Portland. Um, so it was, it was a very exciting and very unique, um, uh, time for me. And that's where, you know, I started my podcast. I always will remember that. Um, that's where I got my IG, my Facebook. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the COVID, the bubble time is where I kind of like came out of the bubble for myself. So it was, it was a special <laughs> moment for me. Yeah. I mean, that, that says a lot. You, you want to tell the people listening kind of what you're doing now i mean i mean with your podcast with your socials so where they can find you and what you're doing because i'm sure they're interested in in what's going on in your life so what i'm really doing thank you so much for that that i really appreciate so what i'm really doing is uh you know empowering people to (laughs) be their own ceo of their health right trying to figure out like why are they having holes like why is their back is always bothering or why they can't go to sleep, or why they can't lose weight, mm-hmm. or why they're constantly breaking out in their face, um, or they're turning their ankle. So my, what makes me really good is that I could put everything together, right? You go to osteopath, that's one person. Then you go to chiropractor, that's one person. You go to mm-hmm. uh, podiatrist, that's one person, or nutrition is one person. What I can do is that I could connect the dots, and I could say, okay, I could look at you through... Uh, uh, a nutritionist lens, a physical therapist lens, and figure out where you are, where do you have a leak in your gas tank? And and Jonathan, mm. so that's kind of like what I do, helping people to prevent that leak and keeping their car running. And the best way to kind of reach out to me is um, my website. It's uh, Naveen, N-A-V-I-N.H-E-T.com. I mean, NaveenHealth.com. And my IG is Naveen, N-A-V-I-N dot H-E-T. 
uh, that's my IG. Um, I'm always answering people's uh, questions. Like, you know, I said, that's, this is my purpose. This is my Dharma. Mm -hmm. Now I love to help every single that uh, person that comes in front of me because uh, if they're in front of me, um, like this podcast is, is something that I was meant to do. It was, it was, it was, uh, I was guided toward it and I appreciate it. And I take the, uh, take it as a, a gift. Yeah, and we actually started our podcast over uh, the COVID lockdowns as well. So it's some interesting parallels there. We had a uh, time where we weren't going to classes. Everything was being done through Zoom. We said, why not just talk about sports through Zoom, see where this takes us. And now we're talking to great guests such as yourself. You shed a lot of light on a lot of topics that we would have otherwise had no clue about. So thank you for that, uh, for coming on our show. And um, what, what was the name of your show again? It's uh, my podcast is, is uh, called uh, Nine to Thrive with Naveen. It's uh, nine minutes long, and we just get have uh, guests come in and talk for nine minutes, and it's about you know what uh, what what's their paying it forward message. So nine number nine in, in uh, spirituality means uh, paying it forward, mm. good karma, and leading by positive example. So these people kind of open the path. They are done the walk. They ran that four minute mile and they said, hey, I did it and you could do it. So that's kind of like what they're showing. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we're fascinated with everybody who started a podcast during the, the pandemic, the global pandemic. How was it like, you know, being able to have a medium and having this extra time that you normally wouldn't to start a podcast? And, and you know, how do you how do you feel about it now and from starting during the pandemic? Um, you know what? I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I was, it was one day in the morning. I was like, I need to help more people. I said, like, you know, when you don't go to work, that's, that's who I am, right? Helping people. Like I help the mm -hmm. janitor. I help the bus driver. I help the head coach, the star player, the chef, everybody, the security guard. Like that's, that's who I am. Like helping mm -hmm. them, taking care of them. And all of a sudden, like, I'm like, I'm not helping people. Like that was before, like when we start doing the telehealth and all that stuff, I'm like, mm -hmm. I need to do something. And then I'm like, I know so many people we could like, you know, those are the times like first we didn't do anything. Then we started calling our friends and family to catch up. So mm -hmm. I felt like I was doing that. And I was like, I love number nine. And I was like, this is a great way to do it. Uh, to be honest with you, before COVID, I didn't have IG. I didn't have LinkedIn. I didn't have Facebook. So by doing this podcast, it, it made my communication skills better. It made me comfortable speaking to people uh, mm. openly, um, kind of putting myself out there without being fearful of judgment or anything. So it just made me a better human being. And I learned so much by getting ready to, to do this podcast. You know, I read about them, learn about them. That leads lead, lead me into something else. That lead me into something else. So I'm like hooked on learning about these incredible people and learning. And, and, and again, you know, they come to my life for a reason. So I'm like mm -hmm. very grateful that uh, it's for me to learn and evolve and grow. That's incredible. So definitely whoever's watching this, please check out uh, nine to thrive. If you were interested in the conversations we had today, there's going to be some great ones on that show. And that's going to be a wrap for backseat carpool banter. I hope you guys enjoyed this very special episode. If you did, please leave a five star rating on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts backseat banter out. out.